Before we jump into today's episode, I just want to say a big happy birthday to my mum. This is your birthday present. This is all you're getting. Happy birthday, mum. I love you. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Drama School Dropout. This time it's episode 77 and as per usual my name is Ingram Noble and I am your resident Drama School Dropout and this episode of Double Drama School Dropout because we are celebrating all April to celebrate me turning 24. I am joined by an absolutely fabulous actress who also happens to be one of my drama school lecturers. Please welcome to the podcast Amanda Beveridge. Drama school dropout. No graduation day for you. Drama school dropout. Fucked your whole course, now try something new. Drama school dropout. Hello, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Hello, hello. This is very weird. Normally we're together in class and not on Zoom. I know, I'm usually leading the room, but I'll give it a repeat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean I'm probably still gonna shit myself at one point and be like no she, she remember she's in charge she's in charge <laughs> how are you doing I know we only seen each other yesterday but yeah I'm doing fine I had I was around the charity shops this morning looking for ideas for the play that we are doing and then so yeah so yeah charity yeah. shopping all cheers me up yeah for, for context for everyone listening I know that um I've spoke about the play that I'm currently rehearsing with other people but Amanda's directing me in it so yeah um mm. I have to be I have to be very good and or I'll get cut and or, or as we were discussing yesterday I will get told to get off your stage <laughs> 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 but what I like to start off with all the time and I ask everyone the exact same questions is how did you get into acting and what was your first ever role and it doesn't have to be a professional one we love a good nativity story nativity was always my biggest disappointment. I always thought I was going to be Mary or something and I ended up sort of singing at the side, not even on the stage. So, you know, that broke my heart from a very young age. School, I kind of went through, I played Ada in Noah and then I played Miss Havisham in um, Great Expectations at the age of 12. So that was quite hard. But really when I first got into it properly uh, was when I moved to Edinburgh at the age of 14 and I joined an adult amateur company for the first time and it was sort of directed by professionals so it was very scary so I went up for the part of the chorus part for the boyfriend and did the audition and the man said well that's my Polly I want her to play the lead role and I was kind of like God, I'm only 14 I'm still at school I don't know what to do I took it on and did it and just loved it went from strength to strength in the amateur company but knew that well felt that it wasn't a career that was the most secure in those days and with my family background I sort of it wasn't it was encouraged but not you know not that much so I went to uni and did English and at the end of my first year at uni in in Edinburgh my best friend was killed in a car accident and she was an amazing girl, Belinda was her name. And uh, she was always quite scary because she just took life by by the horns and did everything she wanted to do and had a ball. And she was terrifying to go out with because she just thought, oh my God, where am I going to end up and who am I going to end up with? <laughs> and when she was on, when she passed away I just thought, what am I doing here at uni? I don't want to do English at uni. I, don't, I want to do acting. So I just packed in. So I'm a I'm a uni dropout as well. But I went I went I dropped out from uni and went to drama school. 
yeah I, I dropped out of drama school and then went back so yeah. we're kind of I on know. the same path Belinda's um passing was was my kick up the arse to just do what you want in life mm. and enjoy it enjoy life COVID was mine really and it was we've had discussions about this and when I left uni the first time I, I never wanted to act again and even coming back to drama school the intention was never to act again it was just, mm. well, you've kind of got qualifications in this. Just get a degree and then you can figure it out from there. But it was actually really you and Ian that really helped me in Showcase that was really, no, this okay. is what you're supposed to do. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it, that it, was surprising. We were both surprised at you as well in that. That was quite transformative for you. Yeah, it, it, really, it yeah. really was. And it was. I think it was the first time because... A note, and I've spoken about this before, a note that I've got really throughout my entire, in air quotes, drama school career is just to not be scared of fucking up. And yeah. I think that, I mean, I shouldn't really say this to you. I'm kind of doing it in production right now, but I feel like Showcase was the one time that I went in from beginning to end and was like, well, whatever happens, happens. Yeah. And I was really, oh, I don't know how to say this. It stressed me out to the point of no end, but it's like that... Um, I think it was The Rock that said it. Pain is temporary, but greatness is forever. And I don't mm-hmm. think about the the anxiety that was triggered by just trying to be in there and be in the moment. But I, I still think about how good of a job I'd done and how great I felt afterwards. So I, I really can, can't say thank you enough for that experience. Oh, don't be daft. We can only do what, you, what you're willing to... We can only get what you're willing to give... But I think you're right. And I think it's not a question of fucking up. It's just a question of not being frightened to try things out and yeah. for them to fail. It's not, it's by no means fucking up, as you call it. It's yeah. it's just experimenting and, and being willing to get it maybe wrong mm. before you can find the right the right journey and things. So yeah, you put that really more eloquently than I could have there. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> You've got to do that in life as well. You can go different journeys and then go not wrong yeah. way, turn and go back. It's just not just rehearsals, it's whole of life. It's something that I'm sort of like now trying to force myself. Like, I, I know we've sort of, we're in rehearsals and we're blocking and I'm just like, right, well, you've got this idea, just get up and do it. And then Amanda's like, no, don't, that's not how he is. He's, he's of a totally different standard of, he's a, he's a high class person. I took that back though. I said, I'm sorry for doing that. Apologise. Uh, keep exploring. So I, that. <laughs> I apologise for that. That was bad. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, well, you've told me to do this all year and now I'm doing it. But talking about drama school, I, I know you yeah. went to drama school and you went to QMU in Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. As you know, and as sort of everybody that listens to this podcast now, one of my favourite things in life, and you've actually seen me devise a whole performance around this, are crazy, funny drama school anecdotes. I absolutely love them and they just fuel my life. Do you have a favourite funny or crazy drama school story that you can share with us? From drama school? Oh my goodness, that's so long ago. Um, that's like... 10 years 19, ago? <laughs> 30 years ago. Well, uh, I thought you were going to ask me about um, a, a thing that happened on in my profession. Drama school, let it's me think. coming um, up. Okay, uh, well, first thing that comes to my head, into my head, actually, is a memory of... Because in those days, RSAMD, which is now RCS and Queen Margaret were in quite a lot of competition with one another. Queen yeah. Margaret was was up and coming and RCS were kind of like taking notice a little bit more. So we had a kind of festival thing that we were invited to go along and perform at RSAMD. However, the class, the 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 class that they gave up to us to perform in was our mime class. 
So we had to go along and perform at RSMD, feeling like the underdogs in the first place. But our mind teacher, the wonderful Pat Kiesel, who was on Vision On and everything, but she didn't have a Scottish sense of humour, put it that way. And so what we were being made to do was we had tea strainers on our eyes and we... <laughs> Oh my God, I'm actually having palpitations thinking about it. These guys are our eyes and we had headbands with, with antennae on them and we were buzzing around being bees. Don't know why, no idea. We were bees and then our wings turned into togas and we became Greek people. And the people at RSMD were going, oh my God, I thought this was a good drama college. This is horrendous. I looked at my friend across the stage. His tea strainer had fallen off his eye. His, he could, it was all tangled up in his toga. And I actually stopped and I sat down on stage and I, and I just, I just... I just peed myself laughing. I just literally had to go off because my whole costume was just wet and it was just terrible. It was terrible. I always wet myself. I pee myself all the time. I'm on a stage. I'm on a, I'm on a, uh, a show report for peeing myself. I had to wear a very tight dress in Lend Me a Tenor at Perth. Very tight, very elegant opera singer I was playing. No underwear could be, could I wear with this dress because you could see it. So I'm there with no underwear on in a beautiful blue velvet dress, my hair up in the bun with, with diamonds in it and everything about to go on. But I think, oh my goodness, I'm going to, I'm going to fart. So I think I'm going to, I'm going to push this fart out before I go on stage so that I don't do it on stage because that would be tragic. So I'm standing at the desk, the prompt desk, just waiting to go on. And I think, oh, and I'll push it a little bit. But no fart came out, but a lot of pee came out and I wasn't wearing any pants. <laughs> so I'm walking onto the stage with a trail of pee coming on behind me. And that's honest. Miss Beveridge left a trail of pee as she entered onto the stage. So that's 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 not good. And that was even before kids. So you can I imagine don't me. I think I'm going to be able to have a look at you the same way, Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> so don't try and squeeze out a fart thinking you'll be okay. No, you're not. Oh God, I can't believe I've just said that. I, anyway, see, that that's never the thing that scares me about needing the toilet. Even though I did mention the other day about Vanity Fair which is the play that we're doing. I did say to somebody the other day, because we're on stage all of the time. And I was like, because I've never done that before. It's like, what if I need a wee? What do I do if I need a wee? And then I was like, I won't need a wee. It's fine. I you won't need a wee. I've never um, even thought about that. Yeah. No, it, it's not that that um, it scares me when going on stage. I don't think I've ever told this on the podcast. I've got a very dodgy knee that um, mm. dislocates quite often. And I, um, I've always prided, uh, prided, that's not a word, I've always been proud of the fact that it has never dislocated on stage and then showcase happened. I can't yeah. remember. I feel like it might have been the, the photography run. Yes, it was. And, and I shouted at you. And you were like, what are you doing? And I was like, my knees <laughs> dislocated, Amanda. And I've carried on. Please leave me alone. And I hopped <laughs> off stage. Um, yeah, so that was the first time that's ever happened. And I just remember being like, you've just got to keep going. And I like hopped along to like my mark at the front of the stage so yeah yeah can't wait for that That's... to not happen in vanity fair yeah because yeah. i the thought was do i just stop because i know i can pop it back in myself and i know it's only the lecturers and the camera people that are there the photographers mm. so i was like do i just say i'm really sorry my knees dislocated and just very quickly pop it back in but i just thought keep going keep going just do what you've got to do and then it came to notes and you were like what happened and i was like my knee dislocated and then Fraser went yeah I heard him pop it back in it was great uh, it's, good. it's good 
that I noticed though, I'm obviously caring about your performance. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, yes, my knee dislocated as I stood up to do my the best line of the entire piece. I, know. I, know. I was like, ah, oh. but the photos Lord, still look great. Right? I ordered them up. all today. Yeah, I ordered it, them all it, today. Good for you. Get it strapped up for performance. It, to be honest, it's just more that I just need to be because I think because it had never happened on stage before, I was very yeah. It's never going to happen, and just didn't really take care of it. So I just need to make sure that I'm not flinging it around and doing all that stuff. You can now become an official drama school dropout. We're now on Patreon, and you can help this podcast grow on so many levels. As an official Drama School Dropout, you'll have access to unique benefits, including exclusive early access to episodes before anyone else. To become an official Drama School Dropout, please go to www.patreon.com forward slash drama school dropout. Another thing that I like to ask, because Drama School the first time, I'm not going to comment on the second time yet because it's not finished. Um was a really transformative time for me and it, I really learned a lot of lessons but what was the biggest lesson that you learned at drama school? Oh gosh the biggest lesson at drama school I think I've learned more since leaving my biggest lesson at drama school was oh god I mucked about at drama school I really didn't focus at drama school do you know that and I think I can't wait to do whatever I want starting next well week. I do say that to students I just go listen I I know you can't kid a kidder. I know yeah. when you've not prepared because I know what, what it feels like and I know what yeah. it looks like. I've been there. I think it's, 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 do you know what I think is most important is, t- is teamwork. We didn't have a particularly close year when I was mm. there. And I think that did a lot of damage within the year. And I think on, because we didn't do it, I think that really taught me that that's, not something that works in theatre. It just didn't work. It never really gelled. Um, and so teamwork, I think, is important and collaboration and and respect for other people, respect for people yeah. that you've got regardless because everyone's different. Yeah. Um, and everybody, you're not competing with each other. And I think mm. I think that's all the things we did wrong at school, at college. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. yeah. You just never stop learning. And I, and yeah. I think that's... You're, that's just you launching into the career. Then you start learning once yeah. you're in the business. Because yeah. I remember the other day um, we had an, a mock audition because I've I've taught quite a few people, actually. I recommend Enclan to everyone. We have a really large audition and rep module where we audition for loads of different industry professionals. And yeah. um, I went in and I'd done a monologue. Even though the brief said that it was two theatrical monologues, they were like, could you bring one down and do it um, cinematically? And if I'm being completely honest, I have had four camera classes in my life. Do not know what the fuck I'm doing. So I was like, well, don't say that in the audition. Just do it. Just have a shot. And then we were getting our feedback and they were like, "Yeah, you didn't really do much um, differently. And I was like, okay, well, I I clearly need to go and get a class in screen acting because I, I thought I was I thought I'd brought it all down to a like a one and a half and they were like no you just didn't really do because I'm quite theatrical and you yeah. probably agree like I'm very hands and everything's involved yeah. and they were like just do it with your face and I was like okay yeah. so yeah. over the summer 
you will be able to find me at a camera acting class somewhere. Talking about for uh, acting for camera, I want to talk to you about High Road. So <laughs> it was a it was a very famous Scottish soap that I didn't really know about actually until I started at QM because one of the girls in our class was in it and you were in it and um, Marnie who was in our class who's been on the podcast her mum was in it and we spoke a bit about that on her episode. Um, yeah. So I've sort of been opened to a brand new TV show that I'd never known about. And I, anybody that knows me knows I love TV. So I've been trying to find it, but can't find anything online. So STV player, it's all there. Is it all on STV player? Yeah, High Road. Oh, yeah. I will be, I'll be watching some of that tonight. Um, yeah. what, what was the audition process like for you? Oh, the audition process. Okay. I went, I hadn't done a lot of TV. So I went, my agent said, they want to see you for High Road. And I went, oh, that's exciting. So you're playing, what did she say I was playing? You're playing an office girl from Edinburgh. And so kind of like air hostess type. That's that's the kind they're looking for. So I got, I went and bought a suit because I didn't have a suit. So I went and bought a sort of suit with a plain jacket and a wee tartan skirt. I thought that's perfect for, you know, airline, Scottish airline. Went along, did all my hair nice and neatly and everything and, and sat there and said, hello, blah, blah, blah. And they went, you do know that you're up for a student lesbian. And I went, no, I was told that I was up for a really smart girl from Edinburgh, a sort of air hostess. They went, no, 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 you're up for a student lesbian. So I said, oh, well, great. I've bought a suit today. I'm looking really, really like a student lesbian. You see me today, actually, Ingram, I look like a student lesbian from Edinburgh. <laughs> uh, and so I went away. I was so angry. I just thought, oh, I got all misinformation. I phoned my agent and I went, you told me all the wrong information. They went, well, maybe we did but they've just phoned and you've got the part. So there you go. So what that taught me, I used to always try and second guess what they wanted me to look like, what should I wear, how blah, 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 blah. And it just showed me that it doesn't matter. You can't second guess these people if they like your voice, if they like, if they think you fit, then they'll put you in, doesn't matter what you're wearing, Amanda. Yeah, yeah it was it was really odd, but it did teach me like, you can't, you can't second guess an addition, just go along. If you're right, you're right. If you're not, you're not. Mm. Yeah, so you, you were saying you're a, a lesbian student and you were part of this second lesbian kiss on a soap in Britain, beaten by Brookside. I double-checked because when we were talking about it the other day, you didn't know if you were the first or not. What oh, was just... what was that like back then to be part of something that really has been so historical? Well, of course, you don't know it's historical at the time, do you? Um, hmm. It was there was a, there was media attention. Um, people would come to my uh, house and take interview me with my with my Wayne Maddie, who's now twenty six. She was one and a half at the time, and so the, I got gorgeous photos, which I still have in my house. It was quite. It was good. It was our first episode, though. I didn't know Sarah Gudgeon, who was my beautiful girlfriend. Didn't know her at all. Paul, she'd been in the in the soap for quite a while and as I said to her yesterday I said you're quite aloof madam I was quite scared of you because she was very aloof towards me <laughs> and uh, and our first episode before we even knew each other we had to do the kiss and it was you know you just think oh come on we could have done a few episodes before that but yeah I got a, what was it my um from housewife, housewife. To- to gay icon I didn't mind the gay icon I thought housewife when was I ever a housewife um <laughs> Ian knows so, he's got that uh, down yeah, no, he's, he's like that yes yeah, she's a housewife it's, it's nice yeah it's it's lovely to have it to look back on really nice to have it to look back on but um yeah I think I think being gay now is a lot more as a lot it's not simpler never simple but it's a lot more enjoyable socially accepted and yeah, yeah. Thanks was there, 
any what was the public reaction like to it because i know that i've spoken to sarah about it a few times and she was like yeah sometimes you'd get a bit of abuse in the streets and people would come up and yeah yes it was quite odd um i lived in perth at the time so i was shopping with my mother in charity shop believe it or not things some things never change so i was in perth it was it was cast it was um, filmed in Glasgow and Lass on the West Coast, but obviously shown everywhere in Scotland. And somebody came up to me and tapped me on the shoulder in the charity shop and went, what are you doing here? I said, sorry. She goes, what the hell are you doing here? She says, you told Kitty that you were away to Edinburgh. My girlfriend, I went, oh, uh, well, I'm just here. For you don't know whether to speak to them in character or whether to just go, I'm not her, you stupid yeah. woman. So I just went, well, I'm just, I'm just here for the day. <laughs> I'm going back to Edinburgh tonight. But no, it's quite it's quite weird. But I think the public, it was towards the end of High Road, actually. Um, and I think what they were trying to do was trying to update it and make it a little bit more uh, relevant. But the audience didn't budge. They didn't want to budge. They didn't want mm. their 30-year-old soap going that direction. I, yeah. I don't think so. It was just too much, I think, too soon. Were you there when the Queen visited? No, I wasn't there for all that long. Um, no, I, I didn't see the Queen. I didn't. Yeah. But I, the Queen of High Road was Mrs. Mack, of course. She was, she was, she was good enough Queen for me to meet. She was marvelous. Mm. So I, I want to ask you one last question about it now that everything's being rebooted and everything's been doing, being done with a different spin on it. And so see if they phoned you tomorrow and said, "We're bringing High Road back, and do you want to be part of it?" What would you say? Oh yeah, that was great fun. I had mm. a ball. Was well, a surprise, surprise. Please welcome the producer of the new High Road. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't yeah, do that no, until no. after Vanity Fair. Once Vanity Fair's <laughs> over, we can bring High Road back. Um, yeah, never say never. I would love to do it again, yeah. This show's called Drama School Dropout, and I will always maintain that dropping out was the best thing I ever done in my life. But mm -hmm. has there ever been a job or an acting situation where you wished you would have dropped out? Oh, gosh. Yes, there was one. It was a job, it was my dream job. I was so excited to get it. And it was playing uh, Beatrice at um, in uh, Much Ado About Nothing. And they'd looked for ages to find a Beatrice and things like that. Mm -hmm. And I got the job and I was really excited. At the buyer in, in St Andrews and things, but it was it was a horrendous experience. The the director was a bully. I didn't enjoy playing opposite my my your leading man. My, my yeah, my leading man. We didn't really get on at that time. It was it was it was miserable, um, mm. and I wished I'd just said, Do you know what? No job is worth making me feel like this. I'm I'm off. Even it wasn't well received because it was badly directed. It was it wasn't it wasn't great, and I was just so sad because it was it's a part that I would have loved to have done well and had happy memories of, mm -hmm. um, and I should have walked out because it, it was me that were bullied. It was me that was being bullied. Um, and it's not like me to be bullied. Another question that I ask every week that is one of my favourite questions to ask. If you were doing um, a one-month run in a two-person show in the West End and the casting director came and said to you, Amanda, listen, we've got enough money that we can do whatever we want. Who do you want to be your co-star? And you can pick anyone in the world, but they have oh, to be alive. Easy question. If it's a female... Glenn Close and if it's a male Stanley Tucci very great I would learn I would learn so much I just watch I just love them I just very love them answer um, and <laughs> everyone that's returning to the podcast or anyone that's new I'm re uh, continuing on my campaign please go to Catherine Tate's Instagram please ask her to come on the podcast or ask her to do a two-person show with me in the West End either I'll be happy extremely happy with yeah Catherine Tate <laughs> 
it's been my answer yeah. since since day I know, one. I listened. I listened to it. <laughs> and you know, I I genuinely sometimes when I say it, I'm like, have I said it in every one? And then I was like, no. At the beginning, it was Whoopi Goldberg, but because she doesn't like to fly, I don't know how easy it will be. Mm. But so Catherine Tate very very close second and now has turned into first so Catherine if you're listening you are irreplaceable I love you I can't wait for the Nan movie and she's doing a new sitcom this year set in a prison which I'm very well Stanley Tucci Stanley Tucci I'm all yours if you want me Mm, yes well if anybody wants to get in touch I have direct contact to Amanda um so I can (laughs) I can put it all in touch and I can take my 10% cut but I will say that the the whole West End question I asked it to somebody last year I won't say who because it still hasn't come out they answered phoned me three weeks later and said by the way I've just booked a job with X oh wow and I was like here are my bank details I will take my commission wow (laughs) Um, fantastic a question that I've been asking quite recently just because we're coming up to it um we're coming up to graduation season right now and seven and a half thousand people yeah we all graduate can't wait to be in competition with them all Um, What would be the one piece of advice that you would give to anyone that's graduating this year? It's not a race. Uh, Everybody goes at their own time. If you just keep doing what you're doing, and I think if you're passionate about what you do, then you'll do it. And you'll you'll do it however many people knock you back. Uh, It's not a race. You're not in competition with anybody because you are you. Uh, Keep learning. Keep being curious. Keep talking to people. I think you said in one thing, never take a day off. Take a day off. Take a day off. No, it's my mum, because sometimes I'll phone her and say, I can't be bothered going to uni tomorrow. It's not like never take a day off from work. If you're like sort of doing something is what I think she means, because sometimes I'll ring her and go, I really can't be asked getting up at half seven tomorrow morning to go to uni. And she's like, no. That's right go in because you don't know who's going to be there. You don't know who's going to see you do something and it could just be the person. Yeah. So she's not saying work every single day of your life. It's no, more... I, know. I know that. I know that. And that's that. I listen to that. And that, and that's, and I think that's right because you, you never know who you're going to meet or what influence they're going to have on your, on, on your life um, mm. ever. So I think it is, it's just keeping curious, keeping your eyes open, keep going, keep passionate and it's a lifelong career it's mm. not it it's not a race Does and it actually that yeah it happened not long ago actually I'm um, the first day of Vanity Fair rehearsals it, all the trains were delayed and I had to basically get a train that dropped me off at the further away train station and this guy got off at the same station as me and I was rushing to get there because I was already late and I thought this guy was following me and I was like, oh, this, this is a bit weird because it's all walking through back streets and housing estates. And I was like, this is very like, I don't know whether I should say something to this person, like, because it's like they're following me. So I just stopped and I lit a cigarette and let them pass me. And it turns out they walked into the college. Ian was stood there waiting for them. He'd come in to talk to the honours. And I was like, thank oh, God yeah. I did not say something to this man. <laughs> I genuinely thought he was following me. He was a bit dodge. Yeah. He looked a bit dodge. And I was like, but then he walked in the same door as me. And Ian, who is another lecturer on the course, and Amanda's husband, was stood at the doors. And he like started talking to him. And they'd come in to talk to the honours. So I was like, thank God. Thank God I didn't yeah. say anything. Um, <laughs> while I was doing my research and everything, and 
you've done like a lot of stuff. You started like a theatre school. Yeah, obviously you worked a lot in Pitlochry and you've worked all over Scotland. What has mm. been one of your favourite jobs that you've ever done? I'm a bit like you in that I love the theatre. I do it for theatre and I did mm. a lot of theatre. Uh, lots of reasons. Uh, oh, so many, so many jobs I've loved. Um, I did Noel and Gertie with my husband, uh, with Ian. I, I love that and I still have very fond memories of it. There was one sort of play that I did. It was, a, it was at Pitlochry and I'd been working. I'd done a few seasons at Pitlochry and with Clive Perry, who is now unfortunately no longer with us. Some people say fortunately. I said unfortunately because he taught me an awful lot. Oh, and so I'd it's never fortunate for, that somebody dies. I'd, I'd, I'd worked with him for years and done lots of productions with him. And he taught me, he can't, you know, he really kept me going, keep teaching, kept giving me lead roles and things like that. And I thought, well, he must think I'm I'm good. And then at Pit Lockery, you do four or five parts a season. So I was doing stepping out and stuff and they threw in the Winslow Boy by Terence Rattigan. And I thought, oh, that's the least favorite of, of, my, yeah. of my lot. However, the language, you know what I'm like with language, the language of it and the challenge and the, character the Catherine Winslow was the most joyous character she was she was intelligent she was politically motivated she was a family person she was I just adored her and I just and it was the first time I just loved it I just loved the costumes I loved everything about it and I was getting on I was getting uh, déshabillé as they say in in Vanity Fair I was under I was getting changed afterwards uh after the first night and Clive Perry came and he knocked on my door. I said, uh, oh yeah, hi, come in, come in, Clive. Um, it went, well, you can act. And I went, sorry? He said, at last you can act. And I thought, wow. Uh, he said, you've been fine up till now, but now you can really do it. And I thought, wow, that's amazing. And I knew the difference. I knew that this, this was the part that made me think that's acting. And it was yeah. the first time that I was totally absorbed. I wasn't thinking about anything else. There wasn't a bit in it that I hated doing. You know, there's always a kind of bit noir that you think, oh, I can't get this bit right. There wasn't. It just grew and grew and grew. And I just fell in love with the character more and more. And Clive, who I'd known since college, 10 years on, said, you can act now. And that's what I mean by just keep going and you just learn and learn and learn. Mm. And uh, that was that was a momentous moment for me because I, I believe, I knew what he was talking about. If he'd said it and I thought, what are you talking about? Then that would have been a horrible comment, but actually yeah. I agreed with him. Uh, so the Winslow boy at Pitlochry was, that was that was probably a very big, big moment in my career. Mm. So the Winslow yeah. boy at Pitlochry. I am, um, I'm struggling with that at the moment with Vanity Fair. I, I'm struggling to, because I'm so unlike these characters and mm. I yes, don't I know, they're, they're very similar to each other. I'm stressing the fuck out at home of a night time, trying to like, well, what if they just, because I, I don't know. It started because I'm trying to find differences in their voice and, and you keep happily reminding me in rehearsals, we're four days in, calm the fuck down. Um, yes. <laughs> listen, listen, the, the characters, I, I mean, I'm not going to give you notes now on this. This is public forum, but the characters are so different and we will yeah. discover that in rehearsals. Yeah. So stop stressing. It, it's more just it's coming back to that being scared of it not working which I'm forcing yeah. myself out of and it's sort of like well we've got a rehearsal tomorrow and we're finishing blocking act one and then we're going to run the whole of act one so 
I need to have some sort of fucking something to show. So then it's not like, well, why is he doing this? So it was like, because I remember I was doing a very Severus Snape, Snapey sort of thing <gasps> one day. And I thought it was really working. And then somebody mentioned Severus <laughs> Snape and I was like, yeah, let's not do that anymore. Um, yeah, no, it's it's been quite um, but. Do you find that that sort of, because I remember when we were doing Shakespeare at Glasgow Kelvin, that was the one thing that everyone sort of struggled with was the language and finding these characters. And obviously Vanity Fair is, isn't is written in today's dialect. Is that something that I don't know, is that prevalent within today when you're teaching? Because Amanda's also my lecturer, by the way, if anybody didn't gather that. Um, <laughs> is that something that's sort of common in trying to do classical or classical-esque pieces with people that maybe talk in a different, in a more futuristic and lazier dialect? Um, I don't think it's any more common nowadays than it than it's always been. Shakespeare's always been, it's it's just, a, it's a skill and a, and a, and a mm. something that you have to learn. It's a style, it's an acting style that you have to learn. I think, I think what you do have to have as, a, as an actor is a curiosity about language and a love of language and an appreciation of, of all sorts. But um, I no, I don't think it's any worse nowadays than, than it ever has been. Mm. Students have always struggled with the, with that kind of language. We've not spoken in that way since like <laughs> Shakespeare's day, you know, even <laughs> then spoke like that. So yeah, it's it's heightened language and stylized language and it's a skill and a technique that you 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 learn. Everybody has to learn and, and always has done, really. Mm. Yeah, no, because it's it's really fucking difficult. Yeah, and but I'm I just... sometimes as I said in rehearsals yesterday, sometimes the people from Surrey find it hardest mm. to find RP because they're so close. Whereas you you guys up in Scotland, it's a completely different accent that you're looking. So it's to so change everything. Whereas when you're quite close to it, it's difficult to make mm. changes. Because I have things. such a great Scottish accent. <laughs> no, I've not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, forget your mind Scottish yeah. accent's terrible. This episode of Drama School Dropout is brought to you by High Productions' newest stage play, This Is Where We Get Off. This Is Where We Get Off follows the Moffat family through some of the most difficult days of their lives. Yvonne is seven months pregnant, her husband Philip is constantly disappearing and leaving dodgy phone bills behind, their 18-year-old son Lip is debating joining the army and trying to navigate his love life, and their dog-breeding, sex-toy-selling neighbour Rhonda is still doing her weekly shop in their kitchen. How will they cope with the unexpected arrival of an estranged family member? You can catch This Is Where We Get off in Glasgow at the Webster's Theatre on the 21st of April. Get your tickets now at www.highproductions.co.uk. But we're going to play a game now, and it's again one of my favourite games of all time, and it's called Stage Right or Stage Shite. And basically, it's three stories. Okay. Two of them are the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, and have been sent in by our listeners. And then one of them is a big fat lie that has been made up by our producer, Heather. And I have the answer in a sealed envelope with your name on it. So we can play along together. These are my favorite things in the world. And I promise you, number two is not me. Number one, during my final year of drama school, I volunteered to be a stage manager of a local theater's company's production of a play about the beginning of Alcoholics Anonymous. It was a great play and the majority of the cast members were members of AA2. So I thought it was a pretty tactless gift when one of the younger cast members bought everyone a bottle of wine as an opening night present. <laughs> Number two, we were doing pantomime and we all decided to exchange gifts on Christmas Eve. 
one of our friends brought everyone the exact same gift, a framed A4 headshot of himself, which he had signed, which is a very Ingram thing to do. <laughs> and I did, in fact, <laughs> confession. I did, in fact, this year, I had Sarah Gudgeon for Secret Santa and gave her a signed headshot, along with other presents. As a joke, I gave her a signed headshot. Um, and number three, one birthday, my mum bought me tickets to see one of my favourite shows on the West End. Little did she know, I had been secretly auditioning for the show for about a month. And the best part about it was on Christmas Day, Christmas Day three weeks later, I told her that I couldn't go with her, but she should take Dad, who's never been in the theatre, because I was playing one of the principal roles after the cast change. Wow. I hope number three's real. I know, that would be so cool. I hope that number three's be- real. I had to give tickets back to a show once because I was I ended up being in it. I think the wine one is a load of shite. Yeah, I hope it is. The first one. I hope it's very because it's very tactless to give a number of people that are in Alcoholics Anonymous a bottle of wine. So do I. <laughs> I'll take all of the wine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I believe the headshot one because I've done it. But I didn't <laughs> give I didn't give everyone. I didn't give everyone the a headshot I just gave somebody mentioned it while we were doing Secret Santa actually because I'd brought out hoodies for the podcast and somebody had said so whoever Ingram's got for Secret Santa is just going to get a load of merchandise and I was like no obviously not like I'm conceited but not that conceited and then somebody mentioned well they're definitely going to get a signed headshot and I was sat there and I went yeah they are just as a joke like complete <laughs> dud present like I'd done I got Sarah a really nice make your own cheese kit and a bottle of wine but then at the bottom of the bag, I put a signed oh, that, headshot. May you never know. May we be well worth a lot of money. Oh, no, I did tell her I'd never want to see it on eBay. <laughs> it was number two. So Heather clearly wrote this about what I was doing. So the Alcoholics Anonymous <laughs> one is true. And at least the West End one's true. I'm wow. very happy about that. I actually That's a really kind of... nice story. Where can people keep up to date with what you're doing if... If High Road comes back. I'm an old granny, so I've got a Facebook page and I do Instagram with my bags. I'm Thrifty Quine and Rag Bags on Instagram. Make sure to follow Amanda on the social medias that she mentioned. They'll be down in the show notes below. Thank you so much for coming on, genuinely. Um, I've, I've learned so much more about you and I can't wait to be able to get away with whatever I want in rehearsals now because <laughs> you also used to mess around. No, I'm too scared oh, yeah. of out of that. So I'll, I'll be the good boy in the corner. But yeah, thank you so much for coming on. I've had such a lovely time and I guess I shall see you on... No, I won't see you on Wednesday. We have a Shakespeare yeah, you will. I'll be there. Oh, Are you coming for our Shakespeare class? Yes. You can yeah. do much about nothing. Yeah, much to do about You can come and do it with us. You can come do yeah. the class. <laughs> thank you very much. It was good fun. Enjoyed it. But I'll let you get back to normal life and um, I shall see you on Wednesday. Thank you so much for coming on and doing yeah. this. It really means a lot. Great. I'll see you Wednesday. See you on Wednesday. And there we have it. Another episode of Drama School Dropout, episode 77 completed. Thank you so much to Amanda for coming on the podcast. And make sure to follow us both on social media, which you'll find down in the show notes below. And I also just want to quickly mention, she mentioned a second Instagram account called Ragbags. Amanda makes great uh, handbags and tote bags made from upcycled fashion material. I don't know. 
uh, upcycled material I'm going to go for. I feel like that sounds right. So please make sure to go and check them out as well. They'll be down in the show notes. As per usual, make sure to follow us both on social media. And if you're feeling generous, remember to leave a rating and a review on the podcast. It helps us out so much you don't even know, and it's free. So why bloody not? And this is one of the last times I promise I'm going to mention this. It's The show is next Thursday, but please get tickets for This Is Where We Get Off, and you can get those by clicking the link in the show notes below or going to www.highproductions.co.uk. And if you have a story for Stage Right or Stage Shite, if you have a weird or wonderful or crazy story, please email us at dramaschooldropoutpod at gmail.com and... Make sure to let everybody know that you can now become an official drama school dropout by signing up to our Patreon and you get loads of exclusive rewards just for doing that. You get early access to episodes, loads of stuff, so why not come over and become an official drama school dropout? As you all know, we are doing double drama school dropout in the month of April, so today is Tuesday, our regular day. I'll be back on Saturday, which is actually my birthday so the next time you hear from me i will be 24 years of age that's pretty disgusting i'll be back again on saturday with a brand spanking new episode with one of my favorite actors who you may have seen in albert square or you may have seen them in hollyoaks who knows but it's sure to be a grand old time come back on saturday and help me celebrate turning 24 thank you so much for making this do you know what like i don't say it enough to you guys thank you so much for listening like genuinely i said it a lot right at the beginning but we don't really want to talk about the pandemic too much you were all the light in the dark during the pandemic for me and i'm so grateful this podcast has literally changed my life and i'm so grateful for everybody that listens to it also i should really say and i might go back and put this in the beginning of the episode happy birthday to my mum liza Uh, i won't say how old she is but yeah it's her birthday today so happy birthday mum um yeah i'm gonna let you all get back to normal life just like i let my guests get back to normal life have a great week stay safe i love you bye drama school dropout no graduation day for you drama school dropout fucked your whole course now try something new drama school dropout